0: Hi, my name is Ben Armstrong. Hi, this is David Koch. My name is Thomas Maurer. Hi, I'm Donna Sarko. Hi, my name is Lana Montgomery. Hi, I'm Seth Warres. Hi, I'm Aaron Thomas. I'm Jess Dodson. Hi, I'm Rocky Heckman. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sonia Cup. Hi, I'm Troy Hunt. Hello, this is Wally Mead. My name is Reid Purvis. Hi, I'm Laskin. Hi, my name is Alan Birchall. Hi, I'm Adam Fowler. Hi, I'm Scott Guthrie, and you're listening to the Need to Know Podcast. All the latest Microsoft Cloud news, as well as industry guest deep dive conversations. It's a Need to Know Podcast, all thanks to the... CIA Ops Patron Community, the Need to Know Podcast. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook, N2K Podcast, and online at CIAOps.Podbean.com. Welcome to the Need to Know Podcast. My name is Robert Crane, and you join me for Episode 289. Just a quick thanks to those that have reached out to me and said they do enjoy the format. It's always great to hear that. Please keep the feedback coming. It's always good to get that feedback to understand if the podcast is meeting the needs of those that are listening, because I make sure that I want to deliver the best quality and also the best value for the time that you have invested. So as we kick off, don't forget you can always reach out to me via a number of different means. You can go on the Twitters, at CIA. And also send me an email, director at CIA Ops. So a couple of updates from me here. Firstly, the YouTube channel uh, now has a handle. I've gone and registered a handle. That handle is at director CIA. So the way that you can get to that is youtube.com forward slash at director CIA. You should end up. At my YouTube channel here where a video of this podcast will also be available now you'll notice there if you do have a look that I do I have now connected up my uh, merchandise store so there's a couple of merchandise items in there, t-shirts and so on uh, have a look and hopefully you'll find some uh, value in there that you might think about going and purchasing but please also let others know uh, all about that The other thing I'll call out is the option to go and join my uh, shared channel. All right, my team shared channel that allows you to view that in your current Teams environment without having to uh, switch tenants. Again, I've got a blog post there which I'll put in the show notes for you to go and have a look, set that up, send me an email, let me know that you do want to uh, join in, and I will add you uh, to that channel as soon as possible. So, again, have a look for join my team's shared channel and please join our little community there. Now on the news front from Microsoft we've still a bit of a hangover I suppose from uh, Ignite 2022 so I've picked out uh, two rather large blog posts to work through here which I don't think I've mentioned previously. Uh, Lots of items in there, so I'll work through those and give you some indications of what I think is important and of value in there. So the first one is called What's New in Microsoft Teams, Microsoft Ignite 2022. All right, so probably the biggest uh, announcement there was around this concept of the metaverse and the inclusion of avatars. So you'll soon be able to present yourself as an avatar in Teams rather than having to turn on the camera. Now, personally, I think this is really good. I really like this option. I don't like presenting myself um, via video. I'd rather use an avatar. Others can't see the point of it. Others, uh, again, um, think it's, I suppose, comical rather than business-like. Very interesting how this will pan out. I think that uh, once it comes in and more people get familiar with it and use it, I think they're going to like it. Uh, It's an interesting comment from me around, you know, imagine the amount of time and effort that Microsoft and the programs have spent uh, getting this, the combinations, the ability to customize the avatar to suit exactly what you want, um, you know, different clothes, different skin colors, all that sort of stuff. There's a lot of work that's gone into that. Uh, is that the best use of the time? Maybe, maybe not, uh, but it's also top of mind here and Microsoft, you know, has to keep up with the trend. So, that is available to people who are in what's known as the technical adoption program the tap program uh, and it will be coming to uh, public preview shortly and then it will go general availability so at this stage you won't see it in your own uh, tenant typically but it will basically be coming down the line so watch out for that avatars uh, in teams now what i also like here was the collaboration Annotations in Teams meetings. So imagine being able to look at a document or a PowerPoint or a website and then freeze it in time and for all people in the meeting to annotate. Now, this is now possible using Microsoft Whiteboard. Um, This has been around for a little while, but it's now been taken to the next level here. So, again, have a look at this the ability to go in and uh, annotate all the people in the Meeting can pause and annotate documents now directly. We've got a Cameo role in PowerPoint, which means you can sort of embed your own video into PowerPoint. We've also got the interesting one, another one of these interesting ones here, around assigning a seat in Together Mode. So Together Mode is the ability to view um, attendees in a virtual seat or a virtual desktop or a virtual lecture environment. And now you can go in and actually select which seat in this together mode virtual environment that you want Uh, again um, obviously people are asking for it I can't sort of understand that myself but uh, again another option that is now available to you probably something is which is of more value is um, Microsoft polls so there's some additional capabilities in polls that you can include in teams so we can do things like ranking we can pop those polls up uh, directly inside uh, the Microsoft Uh, team meeting, and then what we can do is get, you know, require interaction directly. So I do like that. Now, don't forget there is a Teams Premium SKU coming. Uh, We expect this in December. Uh, Again, the idea here is it's going to give you more capabilities. So, for example, it's going to, you know, give you things like the ability to uh, provide branding and backgrounds uh, at the organisational level uh, and custom together mode. So what happens is when you start a meeting, you typically see you know a, a blank screen behind that while you choose your audio settings and so on. Uh, we can now customize that, or that will be customized with this Teams Premium option. You'll have the ability to do that. We also get the ability to do watermarking, improved encryption, uh, sensitivity labels assigned to meetings. So that's going to be there. Probably the biggest one is this concept of intelligent recap. So you'll get, you know, AI-generated tasks, auto-generated chapters, personalized timeline, uh, and also a intelligent transcript search. So some advanced features here. Um, I think everybody would probably take advantage of this, although a lot of people really don't use the capabilities in Teams fully. So sort of understand why Microsoft has made this a premium feature, but hopefully some of the features do trickle down into the you know standard offerings we've got live translations uh, for captions we've also got uh, advanced v- virtual appointments all right which gives us a custom waiting room I like the concept of a custom waiting room uh, the ability to you know customize that with our own logo and so on uh, we've also got SMS reminders and a mobile browser join so again SMS reminder for meetings will be great again this is all teams premium still We also get advanced webinars, which means uh, we've got a wait list in there. That'd be fantastic. I really love that. So I'll have to wait and see that come out with Teams uh, Premium. We get automated reminder emails, virtual green room, and we can manage what attendees actually uh, see on the screen there. So I think that's a good thing. Now, of course, uh, we do have some updates around rooms uh, and devices. All right, some of these devices again pretty smart. Their ability to target people speaking in the room, uh, also the ability uh, to have different room aspects. The concept of uh, whiteboards where it can see through, you know, a person standing in front of a, a real whiteboard displayed on the screen. We've also got this. I found this very interesting. There's a thing here called the Microsoft Presenter Plus. It's a bit like a, a bit like a clicker, like a PowerPoint clicker. Um, not quite sure again what role this plays, but. Uh, integrated with Teams. So if you want to have a look at that, I don't know, unless you've got a dedicated boardroom, whether that is of huge value. But again, Microsoft is offering it here. We've got some enhancements around the Brio cameras, always really, really good. We've also got uh, improved integration uh, with the Surface headphones. Microsoft Places is the concept of helping people decide where the best place is to have a meeting whether it's you know remote at the office on the go so microsoft is including that There's obviously big demand for that in the era of remote work we've also got um a new channel experience in teams now this is very interesting because if you look at most social media feeds the feed or the most uh, recent post is at the top of the list where Teams has had the most recent post at the bottom. So Microsoft is now moving to, I suppose, the social media standard and placing um, those, uh, the latest conversation at the top of the list there so you can see what's going on, some of the additional features in there as well. But that's probably going to be a big change, and I think that's the right thing to do more in line with what social media people expect from social media. Uh, platforms out there we've also got more emojis and more reactions i don't know if that's such a good thing but you know people love emojis so they can knock themselves out with more reaction emojis we've also got suggested replies like that just saving time there quickly and recommended people when you create a, a new message all right so some other options here um, we can delete a chat so we've got the ability or the coming ability shortly to be able to delete your own personal chat so an administrator can always delete uh, the common chat however and an individual can delete their own uh, common chats in the channel but to do it inside your own personal chat has been restricted but we can now do that which is great we've got scheduled send so we can schedule a time much like an email to determine when to actually send a reply uh, that generally you know avoids pinging backwards and forwards throughout the day and we've also I like this bit where you can include now in your personal chat a video message so if you go down on the right hand side you'll see this ability to add like a, a short video clip uh, based on the stream technology rather than having to type something in I think that's fantastic that's a really good um, adoption and integration option we've also got uh, the work hours and location which we can set we've got integration with uh loop components so loop components are these new uh, integrated collaboration capabilities that are built into you know word on the web whiteboard outlook for windows uh, very interesting to have a play with those see how well they work i mean it's a bit early days for this i think it's beyond most users most you know, standard users but i can see the benefit in there so start using it you can integrate it in with teams and a few other options there on the web to see what it's like On the admin side, we've got enhanced security labels and data loss prevention. All right, so that's coming to Teams uh, chat. That's going to help protect that uh, information. And we've got some phone and contact improvements there. I'm not going to go through that. Uh, CRM browser pop-outs are now available as well. And we have a detailed call history. Uh, What else have we got here? We've got uh, the Teams phone UI updates. Uh, Enhanced capabilities. What else we got here? More technical phone stuff. Um, All right, so I've got a shared canvas. We've got card-based loop components. We've got what else we got here? Some updates for frontline workers. The integration with Viva Connections, and I will say that Viva was another really big topic at Ignite. So. uh, many people think it's not for SMB. I would suggest that there are components you can integrate and use with SMB. I'd certainly encourage you to do that. Don't just write off Viva as you know an expensive option uh, for the enterprise. I think it does have uh, validity in SMB, and there are some features, worthwhile features, looking if you do want to integrate it. Uh, what else have we got here? We've got some enhanced APIs as well. So I'd encourage you to go in and have a look at that article. I'll include that article in the show notes. It's quite a long and detailed post. And again, that is called What's New in Microsoft Teams, Microsoft Ignite 2022. Now, another super long post here was the announcements for file experiences in Microsoft 365 at Ignite. Now, again, lots of content to get through uh, in this blog, so I'll give you a bit of a run-through quickly. We get uh, a different-looking, or what they call a reimagined, as they do a OneDrive. So the OneDrive Home has been reimagined. We've got the ability to filter quickly on recent files, a cleaner look, Now, probably the most interesting one is this Project Nucleus. So if you haven't heard of this, this is an offline mode for SharePoint technology. So they're talking about offline mode in this blog post for OneDrive web. So what it's going to allow you to do is go further than just taking your files offline with the current sync client. You'll be able to take basically the whole web page and any other thing in SharePoint offline. Uh, No announcement as to when this will be released, but they are working on it pretty hard, is my understanding. And it looks pretty, if it comes off, if it actually does what they say, it could be a bit of a game changer here, I think, because it will allow you effectively to take your whole SharePoint site, your whole Teams and all that sort of stuff online. Now, according to the post here, it will be uh, available by the second half of calendar year 2023. So next year, uh, Project Nucleus, watch out for it, improved, enhanced, uh, beefed up uh, sync client, and it's gonna include a hell of a lot more that can be brought down and used offline. Now we have enhanced views for sharing with people and files, that's really handy to see who information is shared with. Again, that's a change in look and feel for OneDrive uh, for business. We've got the ability to have, you know, the improved capability where we're integrating things like Stream and Outlook, uh, OneNote and all that, the web-based things uh, working much better with this environment. Uh, we've also got the ability now, which I think is pretty handy to favorite files. So if you've got files you work on regularly, you can go in and favorite them. Uh, We've also got the OneDrive app in Microsoft Teams. Now, we had something called Files before in Teams, but now we've got this capability to actually have the OneDrive uh, app dedicated inside there, inside Teams. Uh, We've also got some enhancements for Mac. We've also got some enhancements for the OneDrive Sync Health Dashboard for Administrator. We've got integration here with... Uh, better integration with file explorer so rather having to worry about your sync in the bottom right hand corner there we've also got the ability to look at that in uh, our windows 11 uh, file explorer so go in and have a look at that and there's a video there a number of sessions you can go in and uh, spend some time with so again encourage you to go in and have a look at that uh, longish blog post on the file enhancements in uh, microsoft 365 now the last one i've got here for you is a windows 11 update so making the everyday easier with new experiences available in windows 11. now lots and lots of new stuff now you do have to have 22 Uh, h2 on your system i've updated my systems finally to uh, all of these now probably i think the biggest thing that most people have been waiting for has been uh, the ability to have multiple tabs uh, in file explorer so again i've got one if you're watching on the video here we can see that we can drive into uh, multiple uh Locations here using our File Explorer. So if you do have Windows 11 22 H2 there, uh, go in and see if you've got the tabs capability in your uh, File Explorer. You should have that. Uh, Again, have a look at this uh, blog post here. Lots of little enhancements and improvements in the latest version of Windows. Make sure you do go down and update that if you do have your system i haven't had any issues with it as uh, at any stage on any machine but it has taken a little while uh, obviously to install and update so be prepared for that it may reboot a couple of times as well since it is a rather m- a major update to the operating system so again uh, major update i think is going to be the uh, tabbed option inside uh, file explorer now for this episode uh, i wanted to talk about uh, conditional access but before i do there is a news uh, a blog post an update here that i think is really worthwhile uh, to have a look at so what conditional access has just added is this capability to control applications using conditional access so generally we've been able to control our users their logins from devices but we can now do that in with uh, applications that are in our Azure AD. So think about a third party application, maybe a backup, Uh, if that is running, we wanna probably control that with conditional access to prevent it, you know, logging in from a country of unknown origin or whatever. So we have these capabilities now built into our conditional access, which is absolutely fantastic. So we've now got conditional access control over our users, but also the applications that live in Azure AD. Now, speaking of conditional access, let me spend a few minutes just talking about that. So uh, conditional access is something that is evaluated after successful login, right? So you put in your login email address, you then put in a password, you go through MFA, and then conditional access is evaluated. So conditional access cannot be used to prevent, you know, denial of service or something like that. It is based on a successful login uh, of the user before it is activated. Now, conditional access is a feature of Azure p one So you need at least Azure p one to get conditional access. Now, luckily, it is included in Microsoft 365 Business Premium. So we do have conditional access inside our Business Premium, which is fantastic. Now, there are various ways to get that. To get to conditional access, I personally like to go through the Azure portal. So I go into the Azure portal. I can do a search for conditional access policies. You'll see there that it now pops up. Now, conditional access is basically an evaluation, a way to evaluate a login based on a number of you know standard capabilities. So, you know, who's the user? What device are they on? Where are they uh, logging in from? And what applications do? you know, they want to go and get access to. So this is going to be evaluated by a policy that you set up uh, prior to, um, you know, the users actually uh, getting access. And the idea is that you do that and what happens is is that then is the last component or the next component that's evaluated after uh, the MFA. Now, typically we use this to prevent you know, bad actors getting in from, you know, uh, devices that aren't in Azure AD, from countries that we aren't based in, uh, and also forcing or making sure that users uh, complete uh, MFA to get access to the data. We also use it to disable things like... um, you know, a basic authentication uh, as well. All right, so the idea here is that uh, the first thing to do is go and create a policy. But if you have a look now, if you have a look in your conditional access area, you'll see that we now have this new policy from template, which is in preview. So you'll see here, we've got the ability to go in and select from a template. We can select identities and devices. Now, so let's go in and just select um, identities for users. And you'll see here that I've got a range of recommended uh, templates here. So, for example, uh, require multi-factor authentication for admins, security, securing security info registration, block legacy authentication, um, You know, require multi-factor for risky users. So we can just select that uh, template and that will then basically go in and uh, set that all up for us without having to go in and do that um, actually manually, which is, you know, a really, really good thing. I think it's just going to make life uh, much easier. Remember, we can do that uh, for our uh, devices as well. All right, so you can see that we've got plenty of thing in there. We get this, obviously, again, I'm in the Azure portal uh, looking at that. Now, if you do want to create a new policy, you can do that without the template. You just select the option for new policy. You go in here and firstly you would give the policy a name. Now I would suggest to you that even before you think about doing conditional access the first thing you need to make sure you have is what we call a break glass account. So a break glass account is something that is not subject to any of these policies. Now conditional access is extremely powerful and is evaluated um, constantly right so if any time the policy is not adhered to, access will be denied. So if you have all your users inside, you know, a conditional access policy and for some reason you make a mistake or some condition isn't meant, then you could potentially lock yourself out or lock those users out of the environment. So my advice to you is to, the first thing you should do is make sure that you have or use an account that is excluded from all of these policies. So in case of emergency, you can get in there and uh, basically uh, still have access to Intune to make any changes to the policy. But we give the policy a name, right, a descriptive name, and then we determine the workload. So again, does this policy apply to users and groups or to these workload identities? So this is this new application, which is currently in preview, so you can apply, access to our uh, applications here now you can choose to who to include so you can include all service um, all users if we're looking at users and groups say um, or selected users now you'll note that there's also an exclude option so please go in there and exclude at least one user as a break glass uh, and backup just in case. Now once you've targeted the users or workloads that you want the next thing to do is select what applications cloud applications that this will apply to. So typically typically what we do is we go in and we may select all cloud apps but we also can add a filter and you know filter the applications that we want and we can also uh, go in and select you know particular apps we can also go in here uh, and exclude applications that are exempt. So very much like a firewall concept. So which le- users to include, or, which le- uh, to include and exclude, which uh, applications to include and exclude basically as well. then we need to determine what the conditions are going to be tested so we've got user risk sign in risk uh, which device platform so we can target our policy here to android ios uh, and so on we can also target locations now this is what we would be using if you want to say prevent users from logging in uh, out from only within a country that you've nominated so you would go in Uh, and create that list in there, so those locations there. Now, you can define whitelisted IP addresses, countries, all that sort of stuff, uh, and use those uh, going forward in this policy. We can also then uh, target our client app. So that refers to the capability. All right, so where's the client going to be ac- Or What client's going to be accessing the data? Is it going to be a browser, desktop, uh, exchange, and so on? So we can target that. And we can also filter for devices. So we can go in and create uh, a filter and apply this to certain devices. So maybe you want good access to apply to everybody uh, except perhaps... Uh, if it's an Android device for some reason. All right, so we can do all that with our actions. Now, the main, uh, the teeth of this is around the access control, uh, which is the grant option here. This is where we can go in and grant or block access. All right, so we've got those two options there. Now, if we grant access, we can add the additional capabilities of requiring multi-factor authentication. We can also now uh, determine or require Uh, uh, the authentication strength for example now in here what that means is we can enforce the requirement for say passwordless MFA not just normal MFA with the rolling numbers we can enforce the capability to have passwordless you'll see here that we've also got the capability uh, to require approved client apps to have an app protection policy in place from places like Intune and also require uh, a password change in there so we can require just one of these controls to grant access or we can require all of them or we can select which ones that we want in there so extremely powerful uh, in there to allow people to access last option we've got here when we create our policy something called session all right so we can enforce you know app restrictions we can also uh, use conditional access app control so if you've got um, you know something like uh, defender for cloud apps we can use that uh, in here as well we can have persistent Control persistent browser sessions and so on. So there's lots and lots of options in here. But remember that conditional access is evaluated constantly now. So again, any time a device, user, or condition is outside um, one of these policies, uh, that could you know obviously make uh, remove the ability to allow users access to the environment. Now, once you've got all your policies set up, the idea would be is then you can go in and enable the policy. There is a report-only option. Now, again, very good option if you just want to try things out and see who, uh, what the results may be before enforcing it. So, again, number one best practice is make sure you have a break-glass account to ensure you don't lock yourself out. And then perhaps look at just setting the policy here to be report-only uh, initially, which is a good idea now once you've done that and you've set up your policy if you come back to the home page for conditional access you'll find that there's a what if button now that what if button allows you to evaluate uh, the impact of a conditional access on conditional access policy on a number of conditions so the conditions can be the user they can be the application they can be an ip address Uh, and so on so the idea here is you create your conditional access policy and then you can use this what if uh, analysis if you want to to go in and evaluate the impact that will have for you so more options in the conditional access area are the ability to create named locations so these would be your whitelisted corporate ips uh, for the office or so on we can also enforce terms of use we've got you know vpn connectivity we've also got the ability to go in and look at the sign-in logs. So the sign-in logs here are going to show you you conditions when users or applications um, principles sign-in. Now if we click on any of these, you'll see across the top, so when you look at the detail of a sign-in, you'll notice across the top you have basic info, location, device info, authentication details, but also uh, conditional access. So what that will tell you is, is when the login occurs, what rules from conditional access were impacted or evaluated or their outcome there so don't forget that once you put conditional access in place you can view its results on each individual uh, sign-in if you want to uh, basically go and do that so if you haven't looked at conditional access remember it's part of microsoft 365 uh, business premium and it is also part of azure adp1 if you don't happen to actually have that we've now got templates that allow you to create conditional access policies quickly uh, and easier easier so take advantage of those as well make sure that you do have a break glass account that is not subject to those policies so that you don't go in and lock yourself out it's very easy to do that so again take care when you are setting that and applying it to a large uh, group of users Okay, and also put the reports, uh, put the policies into report mode and then evaluate them with the uh, what if tool as well to get a better feel of the impact uh, that it would have around your users and uh, your environment. Okay, so plenty of options there if you haven't looked uh, at that. Microsoft has some documentation here which I'll put uh, in the show notes. So it is called, just let me post it in here so I can remember it. So the idea here is Microsoft gives us some best practices around plan a conditional access deployment. So you can go in there and have a look at, you know, what Microsoft recommended. There's four or five policies uh, that it will recommend that you have things like requiring administrators to have MFA to do anything uh, that they need to, uh, on the admin side. We also need to have, they also recommend, you know, having devices be compliant. Uh, We also require app protection policies. So uh, all of those uh, best practices are listed in this document, which I'll make sure I put in the show notes for you. All right, so with that, hopefully you've got a bit of a feel of uh, conditional access. Uh, hopefully you're up to date with the news and details from uh, Microsoft Ignite. We don't expect a huge amount of announcements moving towards the end of the year here, but obviously I'll bring you those if they do arise. Remember that you can always reach out to me uh, via my Twitter handle, at Director CIA. You can also send me an email, director at ciaops.com. Really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Don't forget to watch the YouTube uh, replay of this and also look at the new merch store that I've got there. And again, this, uh, all of these sort of details are, are broadcast regularly in my patron community, patron. That's an area where you can come and join with people focused on learning more and sharing more from the Microsoft Cloud. But with that, I think I'm going to call it quits on this episode of the Need to Know podcast. You have been listening to the Need to Know podcast from CIA Ops. For training on using technologies like SharePoint Online or Microsoft 365, visit www.ciaopsacademy.com. By purchasing from the selections available, you'll be directly supporting this podcast. To provide feedback on this episode, visit www.ciaops.com slash contact.